0: My guest today is Pearl Bates. Pearl is an incredibly talented visual artist. John Cleese of Monty Python fame, among others, referred to her, her art as some of the most original work he's ever seen. And I think that's that's no understatement. It takes inspiration from all kinds of places, street style, haute couture, music, film, theater, dance, nature. These incredible ingredients sort of come together in Pearl's work to produce really sensual, uh, atmospheric, sort of magically real paintings, drawings, illustrations that evoke, for me at least, a ton of emotion, intensity, a real sense of aliveness. So I was really excited when we got connected uh, by a previous guest, Francis Breyers, who I believe was guest number 10 on the show, and Sneak Peek is coming up again soon, more to come on that. Uh, I'm really excited when when Francis connected Pearl and me for this conversation. Pearl has has exhibited her artwork all over the world, has been included in two fashion illustrations books, has been in works for children, has done mural work in cities, just can work in almost any medium that's visual and can work in a way that connects to many different human beings. And you'll hear, even though you won't see her work as you're listening, I totally, really encourage you to go to PearlBates.com and check it out. She has an incredible portfolio, and I, I sense that you will hear in her approach to creativity the aliveness that shows up in the art that she produces. So I'm really excited to have her on the Wonder Dome, and I can't wait for you to check it out. So let's get settled in. And hear what Pearl has for us. All right, Pearl, hello, welcome.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's really great to uh, connect with you today.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great to connect with you too. I'm appreciative of uh, our mutual dear friend, Francis, and, and fellow guest on the show for bringing us together. He's a really special soul.
1: He's really fabulous and you know, a very dear friend of mine. I'm very grateful to have him in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You are you are in a creative group together, like a support group. Is that yeah. right? Yeah.
1: We're part of a, a writer's group. Yeah. And I think we were meeting on a monthly basis before Corona hit. Yeah. Um, and then with the advent of lockdown, we moved into the digital space. And one by one, most of the other people in the group dropped out. Just me and Francis. Um, So so we call it a group with inverted commas. Uh, We often talk about anything but writing, so it's also a writing in inverted commas group. Um, uh, We check in once a week, and I think we both get a lot out of uh, just having that space to talk about life and creating and mind-expanding ideas, and uh, it's it's a really great thing.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, I've been, as you share the kind of, you know, writing group in inverted commas idea, it's brings up something for me that I've been sitting with a lot lately, which is the, the need for, or the importance around quote unquote accountability. Uh Right. And I think I'll speak for myself when I and years passed when I thought about the purpose of a group like a writing group, of which I'm also part of one. Uh-huh. Um, part of the purpose in my mind was to help hold me accountable to my writing because otherwise I wouldn't do it. Yeah, and I and I see the value in that on some level, but I'm just sort of really emerging into this possibility that that accountability is in and of itself a kind of constraint that huh. ultimately has the risk of kind of cutting off or pinching shut the very flow, the very Um, kind of openings that we need to let stuff come through. And so maybe we can talk about that, but I just want to honor from where I sit, like the permission that you and Francis gave each other to just say like, well, here we are. And maybe, (laughs) maybe what we need right now is just to be with each other for a bit. And, And especially as things shift and we go, and I know you all are in your second lockdown now just, So I want to honor that. And I'd love to hear from you. Just what what does my reflection bring up for you around this question of kind of accountability versus flow? And how are you sitting
1: with that? It's such an interesting point. Um, And it's something that first came to my awareness when I briefly studied ballet. Mm. Uh, Which may or may not have been a great idea, but (laughs) my ability. But um, I remember we were, uh, the teacher was trying to instruct us on pirouetting and everyone else was spinning around effortlessly. And I was like a small hippopotamus at the back of the room and it just wasn't working. (laughs) And she said, Pearl, you're overthinking it. Just stop thinking about how you're going to do it and just do it. And so I cleared my mind and launched off. And lo and behold, it worked. So I think there's a lot to be said for uh, not worrying about stuff too much, not kind of trying to construct some sort of desired outcome Mm. and just being in the moment.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. The other thing I learned through studying ballet is that discipline gives you freedom Mm. Um, because she was saying the more you strengthen your muscles, the more the steps um, enter into your muscle memory Uh, the more you can just let yourself fly. Mm -hmm. And so I think there are these two um, kind of opposite ends of the seesaw trying to balance each other out when it comes to creativity and accountability and discipline. And uh, I think as a creator, for me anyway, um, that's been uh, kind of a lifelong project.
0: Yeah. I was really, really appreciating the the sort of paradox that I heard you sitting with, which was like, how do you let go of the need to have a very specific desired outcome to try and control Pearl pirouette? Come on, Pearl pirouette. Why is it not working? Well, at the same time, have the, you use the word discipline. I'm another word I might use is kind of persistence or, or the commitment to kind of keep showing up and doing the parts of the work
1: Mm -hmm. that
0: aren't, the flashy, beautiful stuff that goes on stage, but kind of make the possibility of the pirouette essential.
1: Exactly. I've taken a, strangely enough, a lot of inspiration from ballet dancers for years now. Um, and I'm really inspired at the way that they show up for company class at 10 o'clock every morning. And they do an hour of very boring <laughs> exercise. that's also physically exhausting um and that's what it takes to keep themselves in that kind of condition so that they can go on stage in the evening and create these extraordinary performances that yeah. you know for me anyway lift my soul off to another place and so I try to keep that in mind when I apply myself to my own practice as an artist um I personally don't enjoy a live drawing which is where you go to a class and you Draw a model who's usually nude. I find it very boring and, um, <laughs> and and hard work, quite frankly. And yet, if I keep doing that, I uh, resolutely notice the difference in my work. So that's the. I think it's it's it's. I think it's about keeping your toolbox sharpened, well oiled, organized, sorted. Um, in terms of, I think the discipline comes into um, working on your skill set mm. and um, improving that um, and uh, expanding your mind in terms of finding uh, where, to, where to garner inspiration and new ideas so that you can throw it all into this big cauldron of creativity. Mm. And mm. When it comes down to sitting at the easel or the keyboard or whatever your specialty is. You know you can rely on that muscle memory to just let yourself fly and see what shows up. Mm. At the same time, I've had a go at teaching art a few times, and and um, what really hits me in the face is is how easily people are discouraged if they don't immediately create what they want to see emerging on the page. Yeah. And for me, that's that's kind of by the by what emerges on the page is a little bit beside the point. For me, it's about getting into the process, um, enjoying the process, enjoying the journey that the process is taking you on, and what ends up on that page at the end of the day is is almost kind of a bit of a surprise. It's like, oh well, I didn't expect that to turn up and yet there it is. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a lot of nuggets in there. Um I wanna see if we can really tease them apart because I'm hearing some good stuff, some beautiful oh. stuff. One word that came through as you as you talked about sort of you doing the live drawings or or the ballet dancers showing up for that that daily, almost kind of ritualistic
1: yeah. warm-up
0: is the word devotion. Yeah. Right? Like there's a sort of way in which I hear you you hear you speaking to your devotion to the surprise that can come when you're really connected to your craft to the really, elements of it yeah, yeah what's coming up for you as I share that
1: well I tell you what um since the beginning of this year I hung up some uh some wind chimes in the corner of my studio from a little hook and when I come in in the morning I give them a little uh little uh, mm. fingers and then I do a little bow to the studio as kind of like a devotional yes creativity I'm here I'm showing up I hope you will too um let's see what we can do together today um
0: brilliant and uh, I, I love that. I want to underline I hope you will too we talked a yeah. bit about this before <laughs> the recording but there's this really uh, there's a wonderful practice there and kind of accepting that you're showing up yeah your devotion is you're showing up you don't know if creativity is going to show up
1: a hundred percent. That's the scary thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part, that's a part that can get. so, yeah, talk more about how you relate to the, to creativity showing up or not showing up. I want to hear more about that.
1: Well, I think it's something that I've always been aware of, but slightly unconsciously Mm. that, um, I mean, I've been drawing and writing stories for as long as I can remember my, my earliest memories are literally, of sitting at the kitchen table with a pencil and drawing pictures and 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 writing stories, um, and it wasn't. I think it wasn't until I heard the the um, Elizabeth Gilbert TED Talk oh, yeah, uh, that a, a lot of people may have may have come across this, and it's and it's fantastic. And she talks about the. Um, Original Greek meaning of the word genius, and that we tend to bandy around now. And someone's a genius it just means that they are effortlessly able to create fabulous stuff. And we tend to um, uh, endow an artist with their with their creativity as one and the same thing. Mm-hmm. She she kind of articulated how how it feels when you're creating something, and it very often you. Uh, For me personally as well, I get the sense it's not something that I've pulled out from within me. It's something that's come through me that I've invited in and it's come through me, or it's chosen me Mm. as a vessel through which to to realise itself. Um, And uh, I I remember watching uh, Oprah Winfrey's interview with Michael Jackson, and he was saying something, he was calling it God, but he was saying something similar. He was saying if he sits down at the piano and says to himself, Michael, you've, you're going to create the greatest song the world's ever heard. He said literally nothing would happen. His fingers would be dead on the keyboard. But as soon as he put his ego to one side and and reckoned with himself that it wasn't him necessarily creating this music, but it was God moving through him or whatever you want to name this entity, yeah. then things would begin to happen. And um, that really stuck with me because I really um, recognise that in myself. As soon as I'm able to step out of the way let something else take centre stage, um, that's when uh, special things can happen. Mm. And for me, when I'm creating a drawing or a painting, it feels like I'm having a a conversation with this energy. Um, And if I loosen my grip on the brush or the pencil a little bit, I'll find it makes shapes or movements that I hadn't quite expected. It literally can take me by surprise. Um, But as soon as I start muscling in there and thinking I know best, (laughs) this can go a little bit (laughs) pear-shaped. And I I think once this idea started to form in my mind, it really did help me in terms of um, plotting my way through this this journey of being an artist. It took the pressure away from me a little bit and perhaps helped um, loosen up any kind of neurosis that might have been brewing there about how I have to be the best and create, you know, be the next Picasso and create great stuff. So it really, it's just about my relationship with whatever this thing is that shows up in my life. Um, Mm. and it hasn't always been an easy relationship. Mm. Um, and, and so where I feel that I am now on this journey is learning how to handle this relationship. And, um, and in some ways, drawing barriers and and protecting myself because it can be overpowering. Hmm. And if you hand over too much of your personal power to this to this energy, it can take you on journeys that that can be potentially quite dangerous.
0: Hmm. I want to. Uh, you're really provoking a lot of curiosity in me here, and I want to. I want to maybe, if you're comfortable, explore that a bit more, this question of, of, of boundaries and relationship to your, that creative energy. But I want to maybe underline one thing before we do that and invite you to, to add any more color if you, if you feel called to. Yeah. So maybe I'll say a word about your art because I haven't yet, but um, it's really this beautiful, like the two words that come to me are sensual. Like there's a real kind oh. of like just, yeah, sensual, like the senses, a very sensory and sensual imagery, but there's also an aliveness to them, a sort of, they both look magical and real at the same time. If that, if that makes sense, which is really, I've just been very touched by that. And you were saying earlier, um, there are these moments when you just sort of, notice you trying to muscle in mm-hmm. but if you just kind of release you start to be surprised yeah and and for anyone listening who's kind of skeptical you know i i have in the past i've been skeptical about there's no entity it's me you know and then i've realized like that's my ego wanting to like so right. but whether or not there's skepticism what i hear you kind of saying is is you don't always even need to quite know what the entity is to but rather there's a bit of a just invitation to the part of you that wants to make the art work a certain way or look a certain way to to mm-hmm. soften it's yeah. not like you're just totally relaxing your body you're know, you still using your muscles you're still there you're not disappearing yeah. you're just sort of I heard like a softening and an opening exactly. and, and I sense that that really shows up in your art like it just it's, there's just a lot of fluidity uh-huh. Maybe that's another word I could use in terms of the sensuality, like there's a flow to what you draw or paint that I notice. And I wonder if you could just speak to that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that that's how you see the work. That's 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 wonderful feedback. Um. So, yes, yeah, so so the, so the process of so you're asking me to explain a little bit more about the process of collaborating with this this energy yeah i think that's right
0: before we maybe explore some of the the kind of more edgy esoteric like shadow places and dark like i just there's something really beautiful and and what you're tuning into that sounds like you've reached a pretty not maybe not effortless but a sort of a conscious awareness of your relationship to the energy or entity Mm -hmm. and and i sense that anyone who's curious more about that might benefit from you just out loud you don't have to have all the answers here, but just to sort of
1: think into this, I could say that I can liken the process of painting a piece to meditating a little mm. bit. Mm. Um, and people talk about going into that state of flow where the hours fly past and you forget to eat. And that literally does happen when you're really into something mm. less. So if you're struggling with a painting, they don't all come out easily. <laughs> and uh, you know there are, a number of times where I've had some, you know, pretty heated arguments with some paintings. <laughs> but, uh, it can take us a while before you know we're kind of on the same page, um, but that's part of the fun, really. And um, this sense, this sense of of, of back and forth. Um, I suppose it, it, you could say, well, I'm using my intuition, um, so let's say for example i've drawn a figure and then i'll look at my i have a big messy tray of paint and it'll be intuition that tells me to, to to pick up the future or the prussian blue in terms of what what the colors are going to be and i'm feeling into it uh or maybe looking at the canvas and trying to picture would it look better in the future or would it look better in the blue which one which one feels right so you know, i'm kind of feeling my way through it um
0: could I check in there do you have uh and maybe and again I'm sure much of this is sort of just fluid but do you have a sense of what you're feeling when it feels right does that show up in your body in some way or do you just just naturally does your hand naturally start to gravitate towards one or the other what's
1: it shows up as a sense of uh a kind of sense of completion and rightness that Mm. I okay Mm. that's what it is um and if it's wrong then there's a sense of I can feel, I mean it's nothing major, but just a subtle sense of tightness in my chest or Mm. my jaw. No, that's not quite it. That's not quite it. And so you, and sometimes you put, I um, you know, squidge a load of paint onto the canvas and it's not quite working, but there's always a way to bring it back around, whether that's introducing another colour or um, splashing on a lot of water to to dilute it and soften it. And then sometimes, if that happens, then it'll move into a, a new hue that I hadn't expected, and it's like, oh, okay, so it's gone this way. So it's a, it's it's this delicate dance between feeling like I'm making decisions based on what my intuition is informing me, and 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 then letting it go its own way a little bit, and then reining it back in a bit, and um, and yeah, so kind of stepping in and out of the controlling Mm. I'm trying trying to
0: No, you're I'm really I'm really I'm getting a lot from that maybe I could share a bit about what I'm what I'm receiving from that yeah
1: please
0: um the image in a way that's coming to mind is a bit of like a, a a gardener or cultivator image right like there's There and England and and you know England is famous for these beautiful gardens um, and I don't we don't actually have to get into the history of that but just this sort of there's something about walking into a garden that's just right that's so beautiful nature is there in its fullness and in its ripeness but it's also not um, there in its kind of thorniness and. In sort of messiness as much right and so everyone's going to have a your garden and mine might look totally different but there's uh-huh. just a bit of a play between your natural gifts and nature's yes. natural gifts
1: absolutely
0: right and in the same way i heard it sort of sort of like the relationship i'm tuning into is there's a play between your natural discernment your capacity to your particular body to feel and notice certain things. And then also just the energy and the natural creative energy or entity that's moving through you that might, you know, so there's just, there's just some something about kind of like you're almost cultivating the, the painting to life as opposed to sort of directing it or instructing it to come to life.
1: That makes a lot of sense. The garden analogy really works well because a gardener will, will plant seeds and he'll, uh, prune and weed and help shape and direct but ultimately he can't be sure where the plant's going to be sprouting flowers and exactly how they're going to bloom so there again there's this kind of like collaboration isn't there between the, yes. the gardener's uh, shaping of something and, and nature blooming within those within that paradigm yeah. so yeah I like that. that works really well
0: oh, i'm glad that lands with you oh. i sense there's a um um hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling into something else that I want to try and articulate. I think it connects to this question of like darkness which all of us maybe have to form our own relationship to, but
1: um. you know, I
0: sense that I sense that there there are for instance and maybe you have some paintings like this. I'm not picturing any that I've seen, but there are some artists, visual artists who whose paintings have a real sense of like the kind of density and depth and shadow of like nature underground the parts of life that we huh. can't really see like the root systems the sort of the things yeah. that go into the depths and and i can imagine that there are some to use the gardener analogy, like there are some probably some gardeners who would invite in more what what one person might call an invasive species or a weed another gardener might like invite in and sort of say i want more of this you're doing you're actually I see you as playing a, an important role in whatever it is called is called to, to come through. Yeah. And I just want to kind of like honor that too, that there's, um, there's space here for at whatever, whatever level the energy is, uh, is being expressed for, for art to kind of capture yeah. some of that. Right. Like that. And yeah. I wonder how, I wonder how you're relating to that, that possibility.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, let's see, for me, uh, I'm really not into Star Wars in a big way, but (laughs) (laughs) the dark side keeps coming up in my mind. And I think for a long time, for me, there was kind of a little bit of a fascination with the dark side. There was something thrilling and exciting and risky um, and perhaps a little bit glamorous about dabbling Mm. with with, uh, the quote-unquote dark side. Um and I suppose you know when you i I'm, I'm I'm seeing an image of dancers in a nightclub and the the lighting is 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 dark and so people's faces are kind of half in shadow and they've got amazing eye makeup on that 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 could kind of be construed as a little bit scary and yet it's exciting and it's fun and it's thrilling and mm. you know, of us can recognize enjoying that that kind of um side of things um and i remember listening to an interview with uh stephen king a while ago and mm. and the author uh, the the interviewer asked him how do you feel about putting such such disturbing stories out into the world and and he said well i think uh horror fiction is a really great way for people to engage with their dark side safely mm. so said, that's, mm. that's a really good point and um I think a few years back, I was feeling quite consciously frustrated with the general rejection of darkness that I was sensing going on around me. There was a lot of uh, uh, positive thinking brigade and uh, people brandishing (laughs) themselves as light workers and all darkness is banished. And, and I thought, I thought that's not healthy. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's, it's, that is denial and, um, that in a way is just as dangerous as going too far into the dark. And I think the two energies need to balance each other out. Mm-hmm. And I think we, all, we all have darkness within us. I don't think anyone can get through this life without encountering some pain. And we need to learn how to deal with it. Um, yeah. And I think art and creativity can be an incredibly useful tool in learning how to manage these energies. And, you know, thoughts and feelings and emotions and, and events that happen in our lives and, uh, you know, I think when we go to the movies or to the opera or to the theatre, and a lot of these stories are tragedies. Mm. Um, and yet we love them because they help us understand our lives and perhaps understand ourselves a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of disturbed me, to, especially, in you know, circles of, of uh, I don't know, hippiness or new ageness that kind of thing. It's like, come on, guys, you need to, um, mm. there's a lot mm. of aspects shamanism for example that that does delve into the dark side and Mm -hmm. you know winter balances out summer and day balances out night and we need to learn how to handle these this side of our lives um before it becomes um potentially damaging in any way yeah Um, so i was i was really into that for a while and i I went through um a, a dark time in my personal life and i really delved into it I kind of, I think a little bit mistakenly thought to myself, I really need to experience what it is that I'm feeling so that I can process it and moving on out of my life. But I really went for it. And I think instead of helping things move through, I got a little bit stuck. Mm. Um, mm. And that kind of got compounded uh, early last year. Um, and then we went into our first lockdown uh. and uh, and I had to do, some pretty deep thinking to be honest with you and and at that moment i thought i'm going to have to reject the dark i'm going to have to turn into a, a rainbows and unicorn kind of a person <laughs> and i was just creating happy happy paintings for a little while but i gotta say it didn't last long I <laughs> that's not who i am but what i what i do need to uh, um establish in my life is some equilibrium between the the dark and the light and to yeah. make sure I'm, I'm always in control of that and that i don't let let these energies and these ideas run away with me and take me to a place that's perhaps not very healthy.
0: Mm. I'm struck and by the analogy to what you described with your relationship to a particular painting. Like I hear you saying that there's a way in which you, quite courageously, I want to honour, sort of saw yourself entering a dark period that, that of, I think many people can relate to in terms, especially of like, here comes COVID, here comes this lockdown, here comes this physical isolation, like, so whatever might've been in you or moving through you or, or a part of you is now also meeting this really intense collective moment Mm -hmm. and meeting it alone. Like it's a collective aloneness. So I want to just like honor all of that. And I noticed you say something like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to really, I'm going to go all the way into this. It was almost like the same thing of like, I'm going to, I'm going to get my hands right around this and I'm going to tell it which way to go. But, but then there's sort of like, oh, oh, I just need to soften again. It's not, yeah. it's just like, just release the grip a bit. It's not that I need to banish the darkness or, or let it fully inhabit, but rather just it's yeah. here Yeah. here. Yeah and that's all that's all I can do with it. I can't make it go away or I can't make it be anything other than it is, but I can interact and relate to it.
1: Exactly. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's about um, keeping a, a, quite an articulated idea in your mind about who you are independent, of what it is that you're creating. Hmm. Um, I think as, as artists, whatever our practices, we can't but help put ourselves into our artwork and our life experiences and our ideas and sometimes there can be a blurring there between the creator and what has been created um and for me what really came up for me that I hadn't been aware of before was that I need to draw a distinction between who I am as a a human being um who you know likes custard tarts and um watches too much friends maybe and and someone who's like I will go into the darkness and (laughs) summon up the demons Um, it's like okay that's yeah that's part of the journey and it's a it's a journey of experience and it's a journey of learning and self-discovery and hopefully a journey where I'm creating artwork that's going to help other people along the way through what I create um, but I must be careful not to lose myself in it. I think it's the same as being in a, in a romantic relationship. I think it's mm-hmm. you've got to be careful not to lose yourself in that relationship to another human, but to keep hold of an idea of who you are so that you can relate to that other person in a more productive way. And I think I would say, I would argue it's the same thing when it comes to your relationship with your creative muse.
0: Mm-hmm. I love the way you're helping me really sit with paradox, right? Like there's this paradox of really clearly articulating self, but also then at the same time, from that place of clear articulation, the ability to really pour yourself into something or to get really intimate, like the sort of, like the sort of the, there's you as distinct pearl, as distinct self individual. And then there's, sort of you as a fluid process that's letting things move through you and, Uh and, and engaging with parts of you or with parts of existence. And, and so there's kind of like a porousness, but there are also, there is also like a a clarity and a distinctness and, uh, yeah, I wonder, like, so maybe if you feel comfortable, you could say a bit more and it doesn't, you know, just like let let the part of you that loves custard tarts speak, but also like let the part of you that wants to summon up the demons speak. Like, how are you just day to day? How are you anchoring yourself in that complexity? How are you when do you know it's time to kind of st- sort of draw like you use? You said draw a boundary or draw a distinction, which I love because you're an artist. Like, how do you know when it's time to draw like a really strong, clear? Pencil line, versus yeah. when it's time to just like let that be softer and more fluid in your own life. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it sounds boring because everybody says it, but I got to say, meditation is the key. <laughs> um, it uh, and even just ten minutes in the morning, just to sit and and let your consciousness float out mm. and escape from or step away from worrying about the minutiae of, you know, needing to do the laundry and empty the bins and get the groceries in and doing your marketing and your social media and all the stuff that goes along with being an artist and creating the art as well. It just gives you a, uh, a moment's break. And when you come back, it does help to clarify stuff. Yeah, And I, I find that really helps to, um, myself attuned to what I'm feeling in my body and I've been reading recently about how the body is the subconscious mind and so if you're Mm. able to feeling um your body will let you know Mm. and um if I'm if I'm working on something that's delving too much into the dark or it's 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 floating with butterflies too much the, the the body will say this isn't right you know bring it back to to where it needs to be where it feels in balance where it feels that everything's everything's clicking in the way that it should be in a way that's good, that. for, that's good for the, the people who are going to be enjoying the art
0: yeah i have never heard it articulated that way the body is the subconscious mind would you could what are what's where you reading that where have you been tuning into that i
1: don't need to remember where i heard it it could have been what's the guy's name? Is it Gabon Mate?
0: Oh, maybe.
1: Yeah. I mean, his,
0: he certainly speaks to the way that our experiences live in our body, even if we're not conscious of them. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 And yoga has been a big part of my life in the past few years as well. Um, I think for, for, to be honest with you, I was quite divorced from my body for quite a long time Mm um and as i'm getting older i'm realizing what an interesting tool it is um and uh just just tuning into what you're feeling can really help for me guide my way through what it is that i'm creating and guide my way through these um paradoxes and polarities that we've been touching on um because it is it is all about it's not it doesn't feel like it's um necessarily black and white it's the, thing, the kind of ideas crisscrossing back and forth and feelings kind of swing one way and then violent the other way and and you've got to kind of be like that steady tree in the storm in the uh-huh. middle of, that, that can uh-huh. bend and and move with the wind but ultimately you're rooted and so I think it's these sort of somatic practices that can really go a long way towards helping keep all of that you know where it should be
0: yeah, that's gorgeous. Thank you for sharing that. It's yeah. it's just really strikes me more and more also as I get older. And um, it's so fun. My my wife and I laugh. We have two kids now and, and I really like have like old dad moments where it's like, oh yeah, like my three-year-old daughter has like Olympic athlete level energy and flexibility and strength, you know, relative to her size and all that. And like, I'm like feeling creaking in my back or whatever it is. And just So, I want to like honor that, like, life is life and we and our bodies are our bodies, and we don't have the body we had 10 years ago or even a year ago, right? That like body itself is kind of fluid, just like the tree. The roots are growing deeper and the boughs are growing taller. But the sort of invitation into like recognizing that that strength, the strength of the tree, and Uh and the strength of our body is really core to whatever we're going to do or be in the world, even if what we do or be doesn't look like on paper a thing that requires a body right like that's sort of the tragedy of much of our our world that we've built for ourselves is it basically says you just need to be a brain and a head and maybe (laughs) have some fingers that can type and that's enough so it's just a real tragedy that a lot of us uh have been inadvertently disconnected from from that
1: yeah yeah i agree with you i get a sense that. And I don't like the word awakening, but I'm going to use it because it kind of works. But I get a sense that there's an awakening to these kinds of ideas. And it could just be that, you know, I'm moving among circles that are thinking this way and I'm connected to people online that thinking this way That's giving me this idea. But I get, I don't know, I hope I'm not wrong. I get the sense that there is a slow but certain shift towards people going, hang on a minute, actually maybe... I do need to take care of myself. Maybe I do need to sit with what I'm feeling and uh, listen to what the thoughts in the back of my mind are uh, babbling on about. And um, even though um, taking time to do this kind of stuff is often not comfortable, Mm. I wonder if that's one of the gifts that this pandemic will leave us with, Mm. is that a lot of us have been pushed up against Mm ourselves mm. and um that's no not necessarily a bad thing mm. um, and i say pick up a pencil and do some drawing or go to a piano or do something creative and you will find it will, that will really help you to to understand what it is that you're thinking and feeling and trying to move through
0: yeah i love it i'm feeling called we only sadly have a um a few minutes left. My uh, the arrival of my daughter uh, took a, ate <laughs> up a little bit of a, of our time, which people might not hear in the edit. But um, if you have a few more minutes to play, yeah. I want to. Um, I'm finding myself really called to explore. We've been talking a lot about your experience as an artist, which clearly there's just so much. I think people, anyone who has any spark or curiosity or awakening to any of the themes we talked about, I I think there's so much richness here, but for, but you, you mentioned earlier, very briefly, how it feels, I can't remember quite the language, but like how how your soul kind of soars when you see ballet dancers, for instance. And I wonder if, if, if you could just speak a bit more to what it is to be an experiencer of art and the importance of that And maybe you could tell us a story, whether it's at the ballet or something else, like a moment when you just as a person, just as Pearl moving through the world, encountered somebody else's art in a really transformative or impactful or meaningful way.
1: Well, normally, um, when the world is normal, uh, I have a (laughs) backstage I have a backstage job at, a, at an amazing opera house uh, not far from where I live, and I work in the costume department. Oh, wow. and I love this job so much. Um, uh, working in the theatre is a very sociable job, and working as an artist is a very uh, isolating job. So I, I feel it's a really healthy place for me to be. It feels really great to be part of a team and to be working collaboratively to uh, make something incredible happen. And I also love being around such talented and passionate and dedicated people um, Mm. who are often the best in the world in their field. So we have Mm. designers and directors and musicians. And when you throw all of that together into this uh, amazing melting pot, these fabulous shows come about. And uh, the audiences have really, uh, I think, magical and transformative experiences. Um, when I'm working on these shows, uh, if I have a, a, a some downtime during the course of the show, I can watch parts of it from the wings, uh, which feels like a really privileged place to be. And it's just, it's just so, I don't know, the, for me there's nothing that can match the experience of giving yourself over to this art and the music is amazing and I'm blown away at the way these performers can um, embody character you know they literally become gods on stage and it just it gives me goosebumps it actually thrills me and um, when the when the show's over and they're doing their, their bows on stage and you can see that they're covered in sweat and the makeup's melting off and costume may have got a little bit ripped on stage or something may not have worked properly and the humanness starts to settle in around these people again and they go and then they go back to their dressing rooms and they're having showers and they're rushing around because they need to get the train back to London it just I'm like my god you know a minute ago we were literally flying around up there with the planets and the moon and now we <laughs> are sorting out the laundry and uh, you know putting socks away uh, it's just that for me is, is, the, is, is kind of the beauty of it is that amongst, uh, dust is the wrong word, but, but just amongst this reality, we can find such gleaming nuggets of magic. And for me, mm. Mm. The, the arts, whether it's painting or a stage performance or music, is just the perfect portal to, um, to experience these these transformational moments.
0: Uh. Um, so that really touched me. It was <laughs> it was fun and just you and just like the power of storytelling, right? Like you took me maybe a half a step closer to that reality for yourself, and I could see some version of of the people on stage and some version of you waiting in the wings and some version of someone like you know in between scenes trying to stitch up a, a stitch up a tear in a costume or fix some makeup. Like just all oh. of the all of this, the movement and motion and energy that allows us to access something, I don't know, transcendent, something magical, something Absolute. transformative.
1: I love all those words. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it, I think it's the same, whatever you do, if you're an artist and you're sharpening, you've broken a lead and you need to resharpen your pencil or you're a musician and you just string breaks and you have to restring it and you have to practice your scales. It's like from within this ordinariness, you can, you can knit together something extraordinary. And, um, you know, that for me just is, is, uh, irresistibly compelling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I want to give you the last word, but one thing that just one of thing I want to share that's coming up for me, that feels really important to underline is, how can I say this? Like the, the capacity to transform or let something transcendent be expressed. I, I really sense that that's available to all of us. Even if we don't have the public stage and the opera house and the training, like there's a way in which from whatever our ordinariness is, whatever that may be, yeah. the possibility exists, whether or not you believe it for yourself that you too can let something come through you that, that allows for these glimpses of magic that we tend generally tend to just ascribe to artists actually really believe that it's what you're saying is that all of us are mostly in the ordinariness. And if we can see that that is the soil from which.
1: Completely. I 100% agree with you. I really, really do. And, you know, if I was queen of the world, this is what I would, that would be what i want to teach to people is that yes the germs of these ideas are within all of you um and even if you're glorifying someone who's up on the stage or who's massively successful they too will be growing their work from this soil of ordinariness that we're yeah. talking about and that's what yeah. it comes to
0: mm. pearl thank you this has been really special
1: oh, i've really enjoyed it
0: yeah <laughs> Is there anything else you feel called to, to share or, or extend to anyone listening?
1: Um, keep believing. Yeah. Keep believing. Magic is real. God damn it. Magic is real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And if people want to check out your artwork or just find more about what you're up to, what, where where, the, where should they go?
1: Well, my website is pearlbaits.com and uh, I think at the bottom of every page there's a form you can, you can sell out to join my mailing list nice. and about once a month I'll send out a, um, a letter kind of exploring these ideas that you and I have just talked about and where I'm up to with it um, and I'm also on Instagram at Earl Bates and uh, that's more of a sort of day-to-day diary of what's going on in the studio
0: Beautiful Thank you, Pearl it's been a real it's been, honor.
1: It's been a total pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Wonderdome. This podcast was produced by me, Andy Cahill, with support from Kelly Surquah and audio editing services from John Nolan at Middle Mountain Studios. The theme song was written and performed by Todd Marston. You can find the Wonderdome wherever pods are casted. If you dig what we're doing here, please share widely, subscribe, and give us some love in the review boards. And if you feel called to support this humble offering to the world, while also making an even greater impact in the lives of others, consider becoming a monthly supporter. Not only will you help me keep the lights on and keep this show going for as long as I'm able, but 30% of all member contributions go directly in support of causes like the Black Lives Matter movement, the United Nations Refugee Agency, and the National Resources Defense Council. You can find out more at my website, mindfulcreative.coach, where you can also sign up for my newsletter, learn about my transformational coaching work, and get plugged into exclusive offers and community happenings. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a life of purpose, power, and presence. We need you now, more than ever.